Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your host, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Welcome to another edition of Inside the Firm. I'm Alex Vasectomy Gore. I'm here with Lance. <laughs> oh my God, you actually did that. <laughs> Lance, regular psycho. Uh, if I I know I'm Lance Spellcheck. I'm going through right now on Alex's ARE questions and I am spell checking them. Lance spell checking psycho. Yep. Excuse me. Uh speaking of <laughs> Can't believe you did it. I just had a vasectomy about a half hour ago. So Congratulations. Hey, you are inside the firm. You are you are here. It is okay. Everything <laughs> is fine. We'll make it through. Nice. We got it. Congratulations. But if you want to do something better than that, go to RevitRocketShip.com. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you can learn Revit. You can essentially uh, uh, up your skills, um, learn how to model, how to mimic construction, uh, gain more responsibility so you gain more reward there. RevitRocketShip.com. You know what else you need to check out that is uh, much more appropriate to check out? <laughs> that would That would be... Arcat, go head over to arcat.com. Wow, do I not have the right read up? What happened here? Dropping the ball. Wow, seriously, hang on one second. Let me get that up. Um, I'm gonna move over to Pella Luxury. While while I try to find that, uh, that was a struggle. Why why did that not come up in the right way? Hang on here. We're gonna start the reads over. Now now all of a sudden Revit's opening up. Lance, cut that. Experience a collection of brands that brings your creative vision to life. The luxury division of Pella is a world-class collection of brands, including Duratherm, Riley, Bonelli, all pioneers of industry who provide window and door solutions to discerning architects, the building industry, and beyond. During this new year, we know how important it is to step back and spend time in gratitude. We appreciate all our clients trusting us with their projects in a record-breaking year. We are excited and ready to take on the new year in 2023. The luxury division of Pella doesn't push beyond limits. They set them. Explore PellaLuxury.com forward slash the firm today. That's PellaLuxury.com forward slash the firm today. Check them out. Uh, they they help us out, so you should help them out. I'm just going to pull up an old Arcat uh, podcast. Here we go. Have you been to Arcat.com recently? The most, the number one most used website for finding building product information has a new look. Arcat has updated their site to get you the data they want that, that much faster. The search, now, the search now allows you to choose what kind of information you want, like CAD, BIM, or specs, and only get the results with that data. Arcat is also consistently fine-tuning their engine, their search engine, to make sure you keep getting the information you ask for of course it's still free and requires no registration or login if you need building product information and haven't used arcat recently or have never tried arcat head over to arcat.com and try it out you'll be glad you did that's a-r-c-a-t.com al vasectomy gore back to you thank you thank you for that um in case you're reading seven habits with us we just finished be proactive one of the main takeaways from there there's a bunch is your circle of concern and your circle of influence. And a lot of people get caught up 
uh, especially those on Twitter, which is me, uh-huh. everyone else, about your circle of concern, which you have no circle of influence about. Ooh, so important. To so if understand. you focus on your circle of influence, you'll have a more productive, happy life than worrying about the circle of concern that you have no influence on. Uh, that being said, there was a lot more in that in that uh, chapter. Next week, we'll be reading the next chapter, which is begin with the end in mind. But news first. Let's go to this. Did you hear about Google Alphabet? Uh, The layoffs, yeah. 12,000 this morning. 12,000 this morning. Um, That's huge. Which is a lot. Uh, It's 6% of their workforce. Mm -hmm. Um, And and what I wanted to bring up, actually, Lance, can you plug me in? I can plug myself. Plug yourself in there, Mr. Gore. He's plugging in. I think you're just on the side, bud. No problem. We're rolling. And basically... Uh, they said the same excuse as before was we hired too fast um, and now we need to cut. The The thing I wanted to talk about, and, and I won't, I maybe won't be able to find it in the well, article. Hold on, 5% of Microsoft this week said 5%. Oh, I, wonder, I wonder if that's the same. So like, do you have any idea what percentage is? It's 6%. Is? That's what I said. Oh, They're doing okay. 6%. Yeah. Okay. So um, the CEO, look here, said he took full responsibility. Yeah. I'm so confused. Do I not know what that means? <laughs> what, like... Alphabet. Alphabet faced a, quote, different economic reality, quote, from the last two years when it rapidly expanded headcount decisions for which Paul uh, Pitchy said he took full responsibility. Right? So I'm so glad. I looked down in the comments, and people were saying, like, we're echoing the statement, like, oh, are you going to give up your bonus? This year? Are you going to give up your bonus last year? Like, what does full responsibility mean? Like, you always hear this. Like, Mm. I take full responsibilities. Yeah, but I think he was being specific about the layoffs. Now, I guess if I had to be autistic about it, which I slightly am, is uh, I would say full and comprehensive responsibility. So, Lance, (laughs) let's say you're not a contractor. You're just Lance, right? Just me, yep. Let's say you come over. And you or your kids break my window. Yep. And you say, hey, I take full responsibility for that. Yeah. Do you say comprehensive. Do you you either then just walk away and and say, hey, thanks for having us over. I took full responsibility. Or do you say like, okay, I'm going to go buy a window, fix a window, have someone install it. This is my responsibility. I'll keep you posted. Which one is full responsibility? The, The latter. So what does it mean when when CEOs say the I, the, the latter? But but again, that's for that specific window, right? Yeah. I'm sorry to to not uh, totally just keep this little segment running smoothly, <laughs> but like no, that's why I want to know. Like, are me and these other people just baffled by this word? You guys, you guys are having like a case of me, and I'm having a case of me in the opposite, and that is like, so I think he means full responsibility in the sense. In the specific sense of, I take full responsibility for hiring too many people, and now I'm taking full responsibility for having to lay all these people off. Done. Period. End of story. Uh, so, so it's a responsibility in the sense of, I hired them, now I fire them. Yeah. And that's okay. But period. Like, full stop. That's as far as he took it. Everybody mm-hmm. else, obviously... Rightly so is, uh, you know, I used to be this huge proponent for just for capitalism. And at the end of the day, this is just so crony. And like then then I see um, 
what happens when things go unchecked. And uh, I got to say, like, uh, there's got to be some... Like, how much money do people really need? You know, you look at these tech moguls, and I'm really frustrated with the whole situation. It's like, you look at the positives and the negatives, right? So, like, Elon's taken over Twitter. It's been a lot better for free speech. It's still got a long ways to go. There's all kinds of leaks that are coming out. They're just exposing all kinds of stuff that, that me and a lot of people I, I, I know and talk with a lot that, that, was, that was true and that we were, we were literally banned from social media for saying certain stuff. But um, you look at, so like, I, I can't make a bad argument for Twitter at this point because Elon took it over. But let's say he didn't take it over and it would have continued down the trajectory it was. It's doing more harm than good. So, and then like, it's doing more harm than good for society, right? Yep. It, it, before Elon took it over. You can argue with me about that if you want. But then, you know, if, if it wouldn't have got taken over, if it's doing more harm than good, okay. Is... Is the reward for all that harm justified by all these people like Jack Dorsey becoming a billionaire? I don't think so. Like, you've done more harm than good. So I get where the out... What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to come to your side and the side of Octotrader, Chucky Y, GOP kleptocracy, Citizen K, all these people in the comments, these randos... Besides this guy. ...who are mad about... Okay, what about your bonuses? What about your golden parachutes? Because you see this over and oh, over and over again, yeah. and that's that's where like it's a tricky balance between free market between regulating capitalism to the point where it doesn't hurt society. Because I'm not convinced that now, after we've seen the tech censorship happen, that we don't need to somehow intervene with these people because power power corrupts, right? So like they yep. get into power situations, it corrupts. So th- that's where that outrage comes from. So, like, their outrage is, is just a little bit misdirected, but I think it's justified. Uh, yes. That's why, like, if I had to get down to it, Al, it would be full and comprehensive responsibility. Sure. And, and to, to be extremely clear, I'm not saying they shouldn't lay off. I'm not saying it's bad to lay off. I'm not even saying the way that they're laying off should should be changed. Like... They might be. I, I think they're still get, get paid for six months. Like the the benefit packages that they get in text are far beyond those. If you're a healthcare worker, if you're a blue collar worker, especially if, if you're a blue if collar, an, especially if you're the one keeping civilization going. My gosh, far, 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 far beyond. Unreal. So I'm not saying that it, it's unfair to the people being laid off. I don't know. I'm not making a judgment on that. I'm just making a judgment on there. There seems to be. What people understand the word responsibility means, and what what CEOs do when they say it. Um, so one one person commented, as a member of senior management at a Fortune 500 company, I can tell you firsthand that it's gun it's a gut wrenching experience to plan and execute mass layoffs. As someone that's been laid off, it hurts more to get laid off than to plan <laughs> a layoff. I mean, I've done both. I have done both. It is worse to be laid off than to lay off someone. I agree. It is by just like a tenth of a point, but it's not much. Like I think the pain is felt equally in a in a weird, weird, different way, right? It's sort of like when you lay people off, you have this. Uh, here's what I would say. Here's the way I would describe it. Not that anybody asked, but here I am. <laughs> is uh, I think it's a you have a very guilty feeling about like. And then you, you question, you know, okay, should I not have hired that person? Like, where did I go wrong? Was it them? Was it me? Um, 
that that's where that comes from. And then like, but but when getting laid off, um, it's almost like the pain and the anger happen. Uh, I guess as as long as long as it's extended and as deep as the pain is, then then the opposite happens. For me anyway, it was like then the opposite of that was anger and a big chip on your shoulder. Still got it a little bit. I was gonna uh, say <laughs> th- th- you getting laid off has more of a chip and has manifested in more than you laying off people. Yeah. Yeah, for exactly. sure. So exactly. So there you go. Maybe the cut is just way deeper and longer and extended. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd agree then. Maybe it's not a tenth. Maybe it, it is by like a certain fold. Just had to talk through it, I guess. Yeah. About it. But exactly. Yeah. Either way, I hope nobody's on. Uh, I mean, it is what it is. If you end up having to do stuff like that, like this is part of business. We've, I'm not even saying it's wrong. I'm just I'm only arguing about that one. You know thing, what? If you're a new listener, yeah, yeah. If you're a new listener listening to this show for the very first time, we did a really good episode where we had to lay somebody off once. We had to fire them, and it's called uh, "Hire Slow, Fire Fast." Check that out. Uh, you'll hear it like the next day. It was like sort of the next day sort of thing. Like we couldn't be more candid. Um, yeah. Um. So just to. Give a little bit of context. Here are the layoffs. Yep, they just they added this. Wow. This is there's, huge. There's Google. This, this is, is on trueup.io forward slash layoffs, huh? This is basically a year. Wow, tech. You are getting wrecked. This is so oh, this month, seventy-two thousand. You gotta seventy two thousand. Do you that's a like just think if seventy two thousand people got laid off in Colorado. The alone. whole the whole city of Longmont. Actually more than the city of Longmont because because we, we have a we have ninety thousand people. Kids don't yeah, work. Kids don't work. All of that. You're the talking households. You're talking income. Boulder County got laid off. Yeah, that's the way to think about it. Because like Boulder County, I think it's four hundred thousand people live here. Yep, that's insane. Now, so here's a chart. In February, it was about six thousand. Peloton, uh, eight thousand in March. Better. Unbelievable. Um, Gitter. What's the blackout? Is that what just carries over? I think it's just like um, people. Impacted. Whatever company. Okay. XYZTech.com. Yeah. You know. Um, Twitter, Twitter has some meta. So like metas was 11,000. Microsoft was 10,000. Google was 12,000. Amazon was 18,000. So knowing all that, this relates to the economy and what you're doing. Let's go to the fed Lance. Look, and stocks are up. (laughs) Stocks are up. Stocks are up. Stocks are up. Well, you know what that one, one thing that it always shows is like even, uh, Sorry to interrupt here, but like with this, uh, we're laughing about stocks are up, but like it kind of makes sense actually, right? I mean, people, if companies are making good decisions, in theory, if they're cutting the fat. Exactly. That's why I'm not arguing with a decision or anything. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. That. Yep. yeah. Yep. To be clear, he was being autistic about the or the verbiage, right? Yeah. And I was in the opposite. Yep. <laughs> okay. Uh, Fed to deliver <coughs> two twenty-five basis point hikes in q1 so this is from a reuters poll from economists that's so better my thought with that was they would still do a 0.5 and then another 0.5 what economists who follow this more than than my guessing are saying it's going to go down to 0.2 i'm glad you i'm glad you brought this up today because this is uh this article is published on january 19th so real what day after we're recording yeah day before sorry yep so at the end of this month comes another meeting um, and then probably a month after that, this will be good for uh, money supply and all that. I don't know. It depends on who you believe and who you're looking at. Elon Musk says like, hey, deflation 
is going to be a big problem. If uh, because if they overcorrect, overcorrect, and and like Nick, if you're listening to the show, you know that's one of your big insights for life in general is like as a society, yep, constantly overcorrecting. Yep, and we just keep doing this seesaw, and so like that is a genuine concern. If they overcorrect, then all of a sudden they're going to push prices too far, too fast, and then and then and then what do you do? So if this is a, a softening based on not overcorrecting, that's that's good news. The only like bad inflation news is Lance the 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 Peter uh, uh, talk that I had you watch Iowa State Peter. I don't know how to say his last name. But he was going to say it's inflationary just based on things shutting down, things becoming more expensive, raw materials being and held the, up in Russia, the, uh, China the, having population the Ukrainian problems. The war was a big issue. Yeah, exactly. And, and then also the population issues. I mean, it was uncanny. Like you, So I did watch that, that video. Uh, I think it was last episode, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, if you go to the last episode, uh, episode 289, check it out. Um, it, he's good. I mean, a lot of doom and gloom and stuff like that, but like he's got numbers to back it up and stuff. Uh, the, 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 to like two days later, then I get this, uh, something came across my screen and I sent it to Sarah and it was, uh, like, like, uh, birth rates are down by 47% over the last five years in, in China. And I thought uh, I sent that to you too. So no, you didn't, but it um, seemed, it, so all I'm saying is it seems like that guy wasn't too far off. Let me see. But yeah, China's population falls for the first for, time. I think BBC news. Since 1961, um, births in China have fallen 45%. So if you go back and look at that, uh, what it means, like, at, this guy was also very positive, just so everybody knows. The, the cliff notes of that speech were, he's in Iowa, so he's going to speak to Iowans. Well, what yeah. mean, what what I, what does Iowa got going for it, for it besides, like... Corn? Well, exactly. Agriculture and cattle and stuff like that, right? Like, so growing stuff. Um, and then a low tax base and all of that. So... The pot, he was trying to like, hey, don't worry. You guys are still feeding the world. You're in really great shape. And like, what just we work need, on value added stuff. Just work on manufacturing too. Yeah. So like, manufacturing is going to have to eventually come back here in some kind of way. Yep. And you know, Elon Musk is on the forefront of that, right? Trying to automate all that. And honestly, it might be a great time for that because not everyone has to do them because of machines. Not everyone has to do the manual repetitive labor. So, uh, it, it, it could be a good thing. Anyways, the Fed the Fed can't solve Peter's problem, meaning like we need to become more productive. The Fed right. doesn't. The Fed has no switch for making people more productive, nothing. and that's nothing. the main issue too. So while we can sit here and and belial the Fed or or, or get angry or get happy, uh, you got to take responsibility for yourself. And if you keep increasing your productivity, uh, that's the best you can do. Exactly. Yeah, very good. Good. Uh, thanks for the economics, Al. I uh, I honestly hadn't been paying attention too much too yeah. much to it, so that is good to know. I, I guess one little one little anecdote I'll add before we switch into our next um our next little segment here. Could you plug me in yep. now, Al? Yep, coming in. I'm right in the back there, and uh, it is. I have seen so I there was probably at least a dozen leads that I chased with F9 over here um, right after the new year was right on the ball, started chasing them, lined up a bunch of meetings. I've, met, I've had a ton of meetings with folks, um, mainly single-family clients, a few commercial, but nothing multifamily. And everybody is in this holding pattern. I think the first thing they want to see is what happens after 
this is why it relates to the Fed again, is like what happens when the when they raise rates now by 0.25%, how does, how does the stock market react? You see all these tech layoffs. A lot of folks that we that are in our area are tech workers. Um, so it's been a classic slow January so far for us. And I think that's the thing that like, that's how I try to think about this whole thing. Okay, so how is the macro affecting me? What can I do with that? Um, well, I just got to keep moving ahead. Um, you know, don't, don't, the first thing, if there's any advice I could give anybody is like, do not cut your marketing. Your marketing is literally everything. If there's anything you should do, maybe this goes all the way back to the full responsibility thing is like, what are you paying yourself? What do you need to pay yourself? Mm. Have you been lean since the beginning as a principal slash owner? I know a lot of people don't like that. They, they were like, I need to, well, maybe I need to have six figures like just on my W-2. Like, what if you don't? What if you don't? And then you, 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 the way you've set yourself up is pay yourself a reasonable salary that you can live off of, play a little bit off of, right? If maybe you're just your average vacation type of stuff, nothing crazy. And then when you have a bumper year, then take giant dividends, take huge dividends, yep. right? Make that happen. Um, Cause we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, if I, if there's one prediction I, I would be willing to make today would be that I think that in the first two quarters, it's going to be a kind of a rough Rocky start here in 2023. But at the end, I am very optimistic. I think mortgage rates are going to drop again. We just had Nathan Graybow in the office, who mm-hmm. is our uh, one of our roofing subcontractors, and uh, he's a well-to-do young guy, 26, um, owned his house since 20, happily married, a lot of, and he's very bright. And he was giving us the same sort of sentiment. He's also a realtor, and uh, he's he's of the uh, Chicagoan school, Museum School of Economics, and he's like, I, I, you just can't deny the demand, like the demand and the supply. The supply is not there for for houses. Yeah. For so, like it's it. We eventually the dam's got to break. Yep. Okay. What do we got next? I've got the title of this show is "You Might Be a Millennial Many Millennial Architect If." I changed the title, but anyways, the segment still stands. Oh, we already got a card for it. <sighs> All right. You can request a new one for Kalen. I don't care. Will do. Anyway, uh, I haven't cut this yet. We're still recording. So our good friend Tyler Suomala. Are you seeing that? That's yeah, hilarious. Hilarious. Yeah, scroll down. I got a different one, but same picture. Uh, you, can look at it. you might be a millennial architect if you can relate to these five points. Not Le, Cor- not Le Corbusier's, but more on those later. You'll find yourself in good company by our good friend Tyler Suomala. Please check him out on linkedin i love that man he is killing it over there um and by the way check this out if you're watching on youtube look at our little google ad how i was just preaching about marketing do you see the one on mine and al has a different google ad of ours for f9 productions with our awesome house east watch um so we are not stopping advertising we are following the fundamentals okay back to the article here tyler suomala is an architecty and a business development professional at Monograph, he helps architects better communicate their value through his fun and popular weekly newsletter, Tyler Tactics for Daily Humor and Helpful Hints. Connect with Tyler on LinkedIn, like I was telling you guys. Um, so this uh, this article is from Architizer. Dust off your Furby, he says. Ask your mom to mail you mail your cargo pants. Replace the batteries of your Tamagotchi. It's time to take a long, hard look in the rearview mirror. But first, close your eyes. Imagine yourself back at the studio. Take a deep breath and embrace the omnipresent laser-cutting fumes. Boy, that does bring back memories. 
Hear the sound of your hardened finger pads as you tap them on your cutting mat. See the insane amounts of cardboard, chipboard, and every other type of board that litter the floors and desks. If you find yourself in a familiar place, you're off to a good start. You might be a millennial architect if... Your love of architecture was born from playing The Sims. Ow! Legos. Aha, same. (laughs) Sometimes when I touch an old mouse in a thrift stop, I can still hear the music. I close my eyes and imagine these. The ease of switching carpets with two clicks of randomly placing four walls on a lawn without a roof. If you know, you know. I don't know about you, but I never imagined to design a home that looked as good as the opening credits. We all can dream, though, right? Do you know what's the next millennial? Uh, uh, Is it Zoomers? Zoomers. Zoomers. My kids are Zoomers. Um, you'll know that uh, you want to be in architecture because of Minecraft. I think Minecraft would probably be the next one, yeah. Yep. Let's not forget the very important real-world lesson that we all learned from The Sims. When a client's budget is too small, you can just type Rosebud on your computer for two hours to add in an extra million to their budget. <laughs> Victory. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. I'm, I'm going to do that, Tyler. I am doing that. Uh, hashtag Rosebud. The next one, the plotter was the only thing stopping you from world domination. Holy cow. These plotters, man. Problems. Problems. You know, one of the things we did right away, and I think we talked about this in like maybe the first 10 episodes of Inside the Firm podcast was, do not, you're going to be tempted if you start your firm to have a plotter. And every once in a while in the Entree Architect group on Facebook, somebody brings up the idea of a plotter and I, I try to do everything I can to dissuade them to get a dang plotter, to not get a dang plotter. You're better off just farming out the printing to a local print shop. Yep. I understand if you are a remote architect, but even then, like, like what, what, what are the silver linings you've seen from COVID? Well, we have seen almost every jurisdiction go to digital now, mm-hmm. which has been way better. Because the plotter, what the whole point of this is, is like probably what Tyler's going to say here. Nothing like burning an entire month of your grocery budget on plots with a 10% success rate. Am I right? The trauma is so strong that you can still run through the PDF settings in your head religiously, but there's no stopping the phantom lines or surprise color combinations at the plotter. I remember wanting to murder myself when like halfway through a plot and it would, oh boy, this is really really hurting me right now, Tyler. Just so you know, I am... Flashbacks, PTSD yep. from architecture trigger school. Trigger warnings. Very bad. Um, next the rest one. of this will be triggered. Will trigger you. Uh, you believe that a grasshopper isn't an insect but a way of life. Never used grasshopper, but never I got into that. never got into it. But So I would say like for us it was 3DS and all that good stuff yep. to make it happen. Um, whoa. There's a pop-up. Uh, Le Corbusier was mentioned in at least half of your lecture. Yeah, I would agree with that. It was uh, a, lot of, a lot of Mises, though. Yeah, but what's crazy is like, is he not anymore? (laughs) I would assume. Yeah, I just crapped on him the other day. I can't remember what I was talking about. I think because of his international. Remember his plan for Paris? That would have been so awful. Oh, yeah. Like, are you literally a communist? Let me pull that up real quick. Let me show you guys what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, Basically a bunch. um, Basically what made the the ghettos in America. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Cabrini Green, right? Yep. Uh, Let's see. Type in Paris. Paris plan. Yep, you got it. Uh, the... Oh, there yeah, right go. here, Wikipedia. Thank you, Wikipedia. Look at this trash. That It would have been, like, just Soviet. It's like, this is communism. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? So even if it's central planning from a private standpoint, I was arguing with somebody about the Ontario Architect community about this. They were like, I hope the architects don't make... 
uh, I, I just was sending in, like, there was a high school student that gave him some kind of presentation. They sat in his jury or something like that. And they were like, but they gave me hope that uh, they're not going to make the same mistakes we are. And I'm like, what mistakes have we made? And it was uh, like urban sprawl, something like that. I'm like, that's the planners? That's then the civil engineers? And honestly, part of a huge part of it that everybody forgets is like, that's the fire department. Oh, the fire department. Did you oh, know, the fire did department. Did you know this blew my mind the other I'm gonna day? I'm going to change the ARE question based on that. The fight. Did you know that the. Uh, look, I am all about firefighters. Stay tuned. It's all good. But did you know that, the, that there's a sort of urban myth that's mostly true? That like firefighters back in the day, this is during Roman times, they used to be extortionists. So what they would do is they would start your house on fire and then you'd have to pay them to put it out. And that's where part of it came from. So now, if you're a developer, you have to appease the fire folks. And the turning radius and the setbacks of the houses do not align. So what I wanted to bring up, I had a great conversation with uh, Dina uh, Pastros. She'll be coming out on Monday Morning Coffee next month, right after my birthday. Anyways, one of the things that we touched upon and she talked about was architects ability to go above and beyond just like the single focus of architecture. Right. And I won't give away some of the ideas, but one of them is like architects should have more influence on, on the process, the built environment, all this. Hey, didn't Meese and other architects think that back in the day, literally the international style is just get, can you get away from it? And I'll prove the counterpoint to this argument basically saying architects should have less of a role yeah. and I'm not even blaming us. I'm literally like, I think you nailed it planning yeah. departments and, and, and also the, the fire. But Lance, here's the two points is what do we think that we know now? Just like Mies and all that, that's going to be wrong in the future. If we apply it everywhere, fastly and wrong. Secondly, most people that are for, um, hey, we need great architecture. We need connection. We need community. We need all that. They always point to these older European cities. Am I correct or incorrect? Okay. I have Cinque which, Terre pulled up here, yep. and I just want to point out, like, there were no planners involved with that. I've been to all five villages. They're effing amazing. And no, no accredited architects either. Literally, exactly. They just got it done. So I'm, I'm doing this for fun. But if we want to make our cities better, fire every planning department, fire department, and architect. That is what I said, actually, <laughs> in response to, I think I think his name is Steve. Um, I said, well, fire. I'm all about it. If, if, if the conclusion of, her pre- of this high school student's presentation was, we need to abolish the planning departments. Fantastic. We're on the right track, guys. We are on the right track. Yeah. Because you know what would happen? That, that one. Let's say you abolished. This is my prediction. Kay. Let's say you abolished. Let's say you just tested it out. I, let's say next year I become king of Longmont. Yep. Longmont. Somehow. They're sure. like, screw it. We're just going to appoint Lance king. You can do whatever you want, Lance. I'd be like, okay, everybody but essential people are getting fired. Yeah. And that means planners, the whole planning department, I'm, fi- I'm firing you. And we're just going to experiment. We're going to experiment for a decade. I'm king for a decade. This is all yeah. pretend. I'm just making it up. <clears throat> and then I would say we're abolishing zoning laws. We are abolishing the zoning laws. And then I would tell the developers, I'd be like, come on in. Yeah. This is the place to party. Here, we want development. We are so development friendly. And I want you, Mr. Developer, Al Gore, yeah. your goal, I want you to try to pack as many freaking units as you can on your land. <laughs> we will do whatever it takes to make that happen within reason. Um, 
you know what I think you'd end up with? What? Some pretty hot developments that look a lot like Cinque Terre. Like these, there's nothing about these that are building code compliant or yep. anything like that. You Can you make I mean? one rule in addition to that? I'm all about and, rules as king. And this is <laughs> and this is in fake make-believe land, right? But here's your one rule. Uh, pack as many as, as possible, but no street can be over, make up a number, 400 foot in length without a curve. So like you have to have, because if you really want these intricate uh, cities with, with curves and characters, that's the only rule you need in this fake uh, world that you live in. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, sorry, distracted slightly with this stupid flood. Yeah. Okay, what do we got next? Okay, let's, I think, let's bring down the team for ARE Jeopardy. Ready? Let's do uh, sure, we can do it. Question number one. What is the rationale behind the requirement for vented roofs? Is it A, that trapping the heat leads to a multitude of cooling issues? Is it B, the susceptibility of gases to be trapped above the insulation requires venting? Is it C, planning departments are generally terrible? Or is it D, the susceptibility of light wood framing to decay from condensation in enclosed roof spaces? D, 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 correct, correct. All right, sure question please. number two. Um, control joints and stuckle serve what purpose? Is it A, help prevent cracking by relieving stress on the system? B, eliminate cracking by relieving stress on the system? C, structurally support the stucco at important intervals? D, uh, provide water control shedding? Or E, planning departments are generally terrible? Nice. Control joints and stucco serve what purpose? A A A. All correct. They're all at a hundred percent. You got to stump. Mine are the mine are stumpy. Number three. What is the most common form of purchase for land? A balloon loan. B cash. C thirty year mortgage. D fifteen year mortgage. Yep, I heard that groan. That's what I wanted. Yeah, that's what I was going after. for. You have A. D, you went C. Correct answer is B. People usually buy it with cash. It's, yeah. What is the most common form of loan for land purchases? So you can do the loans, but what is the most common form of loan for land purchases? Typically, three uh, is it A, three-year balloon loan, B, 15-year mortgage, C, 30-year mortgage, or D, no specifics, just a mortgage? A, A, C. Uh, the correct answer is actually D, according to some of these flashcards here. Um, they just say a mortgage. Huh. Just no specifics, just a mortgage. Yep. Okay. So How many correct? Two, two, two. Oh, come on. <laughs> All right. Who wrote the tie break? Okay. It's between. Yep. Let me know if we used this one already. Have we talked about soil gas hey. retarders before? No. Okay. Answer is going to be a number. When setting a soil gas retarder for radon control purposes, polyethylene sheeting shall be lapped not less than how many inches? Nope. Nope. Higher. 
Correct. Where? Where are we going to eat? All right. Fair enough. Lance, take us out. All right. If you like this episode, you guys know what to do. Go to iTunes. Leave us a five-star review. If you're watching on YouTube, like, subscribe, share with your mom. See you next episode. Thank you.